Hey, AGs, are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. I am feeling Giovanni and also AG Live. That's right. The very first Andy's Girls live show recording extravaganza will be Sunday, October 17th at Club Coming here in New York City. Tickets to the show are available now at andysgirls.eventbrite.com. $20 in advance, $25 at the door. There's a link in show notes for this episode as well. I'll be joined by OG of the AG, Damien Bellino, and we have so many surprises in store. Hope to see you at Club Coming for Andy's Girls Live Sunday, October 17th. Doors open at 6.30. Show at 7 o'clock. C'est bon, c'est bon. Look forward to seeing you there. I may not save money, but money saves me. (laughs) Just like Erica Jane and Jesus Christ, I have been crucified and nailed to the cross as well. (laughs) It's the as well for me. It's just that little, it's the curvature. I love a curve. I love a good curve. And I'm here for it. It's timely and topical. I mean, blessed be today's guest because I actually do want to get your thoughts on that, <laughs> on that moment on the gram. I guess, yeah, the gram yeah, and then the also gram, yeah. Twitter and then literal um, Hades itself. You guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode 250. 
56, and I'm so excited to be uh, (laughs) returned. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's been a day for my brain. I'm so excited to be joined by a return guest on the People's People's Couch. I was just on his pod this week. We're doing a pod swap, and I'm so excited to have him back on AG, host of the podcast, So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. Welcome back, Ryan Bailey. What up, AG Nation? What up? (laughs) Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> what up, dog can, pound? Sorry. <laughs> can we start calling it AG Nation? Yeah, AG Nation, Galley's Gals. What's up? <laughs> it's like, will you accept this cackle? It's like <laughs> my little iteration of Bachelor Nation. How are you, Ryan? We haven't spoken in two days minutes. now. Yeah, it's been. It's I know, right? Less than forty-eight hours, and so much has happened. Not personally in my own life. There's been no <laughs> developments or growth, but so much has gone on in the world of Bravo and entertainment. You know. I, I mean, I would argue that's the same thing. Yeah. Is it not? Is it not the universe in which we live? We frolic. We, we, <laughs> it is, we, it is funny. <laughs> we do something. Words no. are happening and escaping out of my mouth or staying <laughs> in my brain. I do find it funny, though, that I feel like my personal growth is so entwined with these ladies' growth. Like, I was, like, uh, at the end of the finale, I saw, like, Crystal and Sutton. I was like, what a great arc. What a great <laughs> arc. What a beautiful. And then when Crystal was doing her speech at the Chinese New Year, I was like, what mm. a beautiful speech. You know, she's sharing her <laughs> culture. And then I'm like, myself, I'm doing nothing with my life. There is nothing happening. I'm, like, complimenting these ladies for really pushing boundaries and going out of their way. Yet I have done nothing. Like, I have sat on a couch all day, you know? I mean, I hear you when the BH reunion reunion trailer came out, I really was like, you know, if someone asked me how my day was still waiting for that question, I would have said it's fantastic because the reunion trailer is yeah. exceptional and historic. There is like a very odd connection. I don't know if, that, if that's as a Bravo fan or content creator or something else that when something sparks a little bit of a fire in the Bravo world, yeah. good or bad, it truly does affect my mood. Well, and what, I mean, I guess the question is, what did you think about, now my cousin, Nikki, uh, mm. uh, she hosted the Potomac reunion with Andy last night. Um, I'm <laughs> her cousin with huge balls. I hate you and so much. No, but I do. You had me. Yeah. You had like hosted I think he means produced and I would love to get her information (laughs) no but I mean like it's funny like you have the reunion but then you get this Nicki Minaj Andy Cohen photo from the Potomac reunion and that set the world ablaze everybody was like oh Mm. the Bravo world ablaze oh wait wait was she vaccinated what what, what is she doing there is she she getting Andy sick what she you know and it's so funny the discourse that I mean it really does feel like any other kind of art form, it's like the Bravo world is a form of art. And the discourse going back and forth is wildly fascinating and sometimes really scary, you know? I mean, there was a was slash is a play called Art that I remember seeing when I was a little bebe on Broadway, yeah. which is about two or three men fighting over the value of a canvas yeah. that is blank and empty and there is some sort of comparison between that and the bravo experience in the sense that like you could be looking at a masterpiece or piece of shit it's all framed through the lens of your own opinion and that is what is maddening to people when you fight over being team erica or being team I don't know, plane crash. Team Orphans and Widows. Hey, hey, I'm Team Erica all the way. Screw those guys. They knew what they were getting into. (laughs) I mean, there, but there is a little bit of that in the sense that we assign the value to these shows. And sometimes 
it doesn't necessarily feel like we're in a position of power. And yet that is kind of exactly where we are. Well, we're on the sidelines in a lot of these cases. So, but it is funny uh, even in that article, the L.A. Times article with Sutton, Crystal and Garcelle mm. the other day, they, you know, even made a point of talking about the passionate fan base, you know, of the fan base being so extreme. And, and then, unfortunately, in Crystal's case, we see in the reunion that she had gotten like over 100 mm. hate messages a day when you just can't imagine that you can't imagine. And that's, you know, I come from this like really privileged white, you know, uh, straight dude perspective, which is I realize how. Uh, privilege that is in so many ways that I I can imagine like five to six hate comments a day. I usually get around that, but like to have do you sidebar do you um, have five to six hate comments a day? That feels yeah. like a lot for you. Well, I mean maybe two to three. I mean there's it's but it's really? always yeah yeah yeah. I mean you always get like well this <sighs> this you know you said this or you said you did the and and it's actually sometimes really uh, I do learn from it, but sometimes people just actually want to just kind of make you feel bad which is you realize that is also kind of the internet's unfortunate like that's one of its big purposes just to make you feel bad but Mm -hmm. yeah i mean like i can't imagine like crystal getting all of but i mean that needless to say there's people like us that are like you know we find humor in it we also find deeper conversations but then i feel like a good portion of the audience too uh they're just angry like they're just they want to be angry and they want to like take things down and it's it's interesting to kind of weave what's going on in our own lives through that lens of Bravo. And I I think it also just how it hits you on that day. Like you said about the art, the canvas, like I looked at Buga de Beppo, Dorit's room, and I was like, what a piece of art. Like, I mean, like, honestly, what a special, (laughs) special place. And then I've heard people go, no, that's a piece of shit. Look at that. Oh, and I'm like, no, it works as a joke, but it also is like this kind of Mecca, this kind of special place that it means so much to, I mean, for me, it's like so simple. I'm like, to me, that's art. That is art. Mm. And it's, it's comedic in nature, but at the same time, it's art. Like, what a funny premise and an idea and the execution of it. And that there's a tactile place that you can go that there was a scene where Brandy uh, said she, you know, that she went down on Denise and all of it. You know, like that you actually have a location that you can go to, like a Cheers, but it's Dorit's room uh, at Buca de Beppo. To me, that is art. Like, that is the highest form of art when it comes to Bravo, you know? Yeah, 100%. I mean, and tying it back to power, there's the idea of content creators who consum- who are literally having conversation, which you can help drive it through your specific channel, be it as an Instagram, um, the creator of an IG account, or um, through your voice on Twitter, or if you have a podcast, or if you have a video series, like whatever it is. But then there's the influence and power of the actual viewership which you could look at as a base like different bases like these vast majorities sometimes in a feudal state but these waves of feeling and it can be a positive thing like um sort of conversation around you know Beverly Hills has been fantastic this season regardless of the actual stakes involved in some of the specifics and maybe a little bit of a feeling of like a little dirty and then there's the stuff that's happening with Crystal where it's like okay this is a base this is these are people using their power and they're doing so to say incredibly racist vile things I mean it just it is I guess it's the nature of online where people feel impassioned or powerful enough to put on the mask of saying like you're a stupid twat or whatever they're saying um which would be why are you why are you in my dms why are you (laughs) i know for real like there's that idea and then there's also just you know 
the idea that people feel like this is how they want to participate. And people often know the right ways to wound. It's not a good thing. It's not, uh, it is a talent. It's not one being used for positive energy, but that's also a, a way to sometimes, not in Crystal's case, but with general critique or lashing out, sometimes that's the only way to calibrate what's on the other side. Oh, and also, I mean, you know, I think your podcast actually definitely looks at these ladies in a, you know, a, a much deeper way. But, you know, I, I did a, you know, recap of Beverly. I, I do a solo recap every week, and it's like a very extreme caricature of these ladies. Mm -hmm. So, like, I imagine if Erica Jane, you know, ever did a podcast on me, she could crush me within two minutes of like, Ryan has thick thighs, very <laughs> thick thighs. And I would just be bawling at home. You know, it's like, but it is funny. Like, to me, there is that nature of like, we do go back and forth about the reality of their situation. But then also to me, I also then kind of extrapolate that and, and take it to the silliest power that I can. But then in some place like Crystal's like, it does get you crashing down to earth to realize that there really is truly hate out there. And imagine somebody like Crystal of like, oh, it's a no brainer. They want me for this show that, they, you know, it's so many cool things. And then to have to then represent your culture, your race, your ethnicity, and to be like a first per I mean, that's a really tough position that me or you most likely won't have to uh, do that a lot in our lifetimes. You know, there's certain aspects of ourselves. I know, you know, you're Jewish or like, you know, but like there's certain, I just imagine that is something that you don't fully realize you're signing up for uh, until you start opening those DMs, you know? Yeah, and I think the valuation of it is so inherently problematic because people are going to say that you're representative of your race, culture, religion, ethnicity, um, uh, whatever marginalized community that you may be a part of, and they're going to say you're a representative of that, and they're probably going to say it in a way to further criticize you. So you have the pressure of feeling, especially in Crystal's case, where she's the only Asian um, American cast member full-time on BH, she can feel the pressure of that representation and also have that representation used against her where people are like, okay, I know how much this means to you. And I know that the headlines have all been talking about um, the specifics associated with casting and, you know, with Garcelle being hired as the first um, black housewife on BH and Crystal, the first, um, I think the first station. I, I believe, I believe she is. Yeah. Right. I believe so. Um, uh, specific to Beverly Hills and you know there's a lot of pressure with that and it's just unfortunate to see the the ways that people also find ways to punish you for it yeah. like yeah. because they know that it will they know that it will hurt your feelings and they are willing to do whatever it takes to play that role and for what why are you what is the re what are you supporting well, by saying that, you know, I, I firmly believe in being able to dislike these characters uh, because of like vapidness or the way they approach money or any of that stuff. But when it comes to real, like, I mean, it's like Ebony K. Williams on Real Housewives of New York. Mm. She got a lot of flack as well. And my thing is, I want to be able to feel free to dislike Ebony K. Williams on the way I would dislike Ramona or Lisa Rinna. I want to be able to do it on the character, not on any kind of ethnicity, not kind of any color of skin. Uh, I mean, because I believe disliking these ladies or at least one or two per cast is part of the viewing experience. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I want these ladies or 
all of us to feel free enough to dislike them on the merits that we dislike other white Anglo-Saxon housewives. And that's as free as you can get. Like, I don't want, like, I believe Crystal, like, Crystal's had a couple moments this season where I'm like, man, I can't wait for her in second season because I think she really could get into some stuff. Like, I think there is... I think there's like a little bit of a fighter there. I think there's there's moments where she's been um, uh, not uh, snotty, but like you cutting. Could, yeah, you, really cutting, cutting. That's it. You can tell. The, yeah. You can tell she's got it in her. And I'm like, if you make her a little bit more comfortable, there's like going to be some amazing moments with Crystal in particular. So it was like that's the thing is that you want them to feel comfortable to be really kind of uh, brash and who they really are at their their most at ease. You know. Yeah, and I think the goal is to be able to to have conversations, including critical conversations about the people that we're watching on screen. But when you bring in a person's race or ethnicity as a way to punish them because you're disagreeing with something that they said to someone that you enjoy, it's just like it's it's such a distortion, I think, but but is unfortunately the reality for housewives of color. And it. And it sucks. It's also, you know, sort of um, pivoting away from this point. It is the idea of trying to figure out, especially on Beverly Hills, because there are kind of like these archetypes of characters and then they become, you know, human people. It's sort of the question and conflict of trying to understand and maybe, you know, give glimpses of empathy to women who are otherwise behaving in ways that astound like I know that you have thoughts and feelings on her and I'm just curious about how you view Rinna's journey on Beverly Hills this season <laughs> okay that's it that's I'm it Lisa Rinna <laughs> oh, that's it Mr. Hamlin it's me Lisa I've had my morning cocktail <laughs> I mean, but there is the aspect of it where it's like we're so ideally on AG, we're talking about human behavior. But what happens when a person no longer feels human and that (laughs) is their and that's like their human center? I don't know. It's a performance. There's nothing real here. She's not even listening at this point. These are all canned. It's canned laughter. I was I was on the uh, plane the other day and I was watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills last season. They had it on Bravo and Mm. it was the Denise season. And mm-hmm. I've tried to put a lot of that behind me, but I, I left with a really bad taste in my mouth for Rinna especially. And I was watching back some of those episodes, and I ju- I forgot how cruel and how mean and how snapped snappy she was at Denise for somebody that was quote-unquote a friend. And if you compare that with season this season with Erica, it's like, yo, where was even one question for Erica? The way she, like, and then in this uh, season finale, you guys, she actually has a quote of, like, what's my business with Denise? My relationship is my business. <laughs> and she's, like, being, and I'm like, whoa, whoa. You mean, like, Denise's relationship with Brandy was her business? Right. Like, it made no sense. Like, her moral logic, her thinking that she's a crime fighter almost and that she stands up for truth and justice, she's got a truly warped sense of, of what the reality of a situation is like it's truly warped and if we then factor in the the reunion when they have the two days earlier when erica and rena rena comes over to erica's mm-hmm. and uh she's like they didn't think i'd show up of course <laughs> i'd show up and and rena like yeah you would like i'm like what is what is why are you so far up erica jane's ass it is so and even 
I mean, I think even Harry's done. We saw in the reunion, uh, the 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 finale where he's like, "Cabin yeah, in the woods." Yeah, he was like, "It's very far. Nobody can get to me. Don't even try." <laughs> uh, it's so deep in the woods. It's got you need snowshoes to get in. There's a cackle monitor. So, like he was literally like, "Yeah, I got to quarantine there for a couple years." I don't think there. I don't even think there's a movie project in Canada. I think he's just getting away. You know. <laughs> I mean, but with Rena. I- is this a what what are your thoughts do you think this is a performance is she aware does she believe the things that she's saying has she convinced herself that this is her argument has validity regardless of how she behaved a season prior i don't think she has any real aware i think in and part of that is in uh the 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 co- comments at the the dinner with Dorit and Kyle in the beginning of this episode of the uh the finale when Erica's like, I like to troll the trolls. And Rena's like, yeah, I like to troll the trolls too. And it's like, wait a sec, you can't base your character on somebody that you think you're getting back at us, the fan base, for making fun of actual things that you've done. Like, I don't think there's, it, it's not cute and funny anymore. Like, I think she thinks of herself as this great wit. Uh, and also, if Rena was giving performances like the performance she gives in Beverly Hills, she would not even have to be on Beverly Hills in the first place. Like, these are true performances that I think, I mean, she's at the Lifetime Movie Awards in every one of these episodes, I feel. And you're right. I feel like it's getting worse. We started off with a somewhat real person, and now it is so bizarre. The I, I just feel like she's a performing machine. Like, I, it's so hard sometimes. Like, I, I do know she loves Harry. I know she loves her girls. But other than that, I don't know if she truly has loyalties anywhere. In fact, I'm really curious about the reunion once Andy starts grilling her if she, if Rena will be like, yeah, all of a sudden that makes sense. Fuck you, Erica. Fuck you. You know, like, I want to see how far she'll go in the ditch with Erica because this is the most I've seen her really stand behind somebody, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's there's the, you know, the idea if you're in the theater or anywhere else, people don't read their own reviews because it will make you feel self-conscious regardless of whether or not it's a rave or something that's like scathing. Because if someone says, oh, in act one, there's this moment where she plays out to the whatever and it's amazing, often performers don't read those reviews because then that moment is going to be set in their memory and it will become less honest because they're no longer in the moment they're thinking about and sort of performing the positive review and with Rinna there is an aspect of that when she came on the show and she was getting a lot of praise from the audience regardless of whether or not her behavior was like conscionable necessarily she was a to me she was a great casting addition and now I'm like well, I mean, think about it. Literally, what's happening? Well, even like the Fast and Furious movies, they get old after a while. We're like, okay, we get it. And, you know, it's like Rena finds new ways to like kind of ignite my anger. But at the same time, you kind of also get it. You've seen it. It's like, it's like, well, I, I kind of feel like, and I know this is going to be criticized, but I feel like the the same way about the Real Housewives of New York ladies, some of them. And it's like, I get it. I get I get what Ramona does. Yeah, okay, I get it. And I get Sonia drinks and I get Louie. You know, sometimes you're like, okay, how far are we going to go for the, you know, how far do we go with them? Where is the end of the road? They've done so much for these shows. And I think Rinna has been such a crucial part of Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. But at the same point, like what? I mean, okay, like, great. Like, you know what would be cool if you did a character arc the other way and got super nice and actually meant it. We see you go to therapy. We see you work through something. Like, I mean, at this point, it's like, 
I just don't expect anything from her except for, I mean, when she put her head over her hand over her heart when she got Garcelle to break down, I'm like, oh. that moment was beautiful, Garcelle. Oh, when I bullied you into crying, it was beautiful. Like, it was mm. so weird to me. I was like, and then for her to put her hand over her heart, like, and you could tell in Rena's head of like, I created this moment. I did this. I, and I, I think her ego is so out of check that I think, like you said, like no matter what we, me or you say about her, she would never listen because in her head, she's amazing. In her head, I mean, I, I sometimes am envious of that kind of ego and that kind of belief in yourself, but I think that is her. I don't think there is a lot of uh, insecurity there. Where can she go from here? If the if this season is and went the way that it did and the expectation based on the trailer and just seemingly common sense is that the reunion is going to be her lashing out at Garcelle, what what where can we possibly go with her next season? Do you think she's going to do the exact same thing that she's doing now, especially because they're picking up filming so in such short order? Is it just going to be even more doubling down with Erica? What are your? Well, I'd love to. I'd love to see her diversify and go maybe to Love After Lockup on WeTV or <laughs> um, you know ridiculous. I don't. No, um, I, I really don't know. They are they are rushing filming now because of the Erica Jane stuff, mm-hmm. and we do have some storylines that are still going, and of course. You know, you're going to have the storyline between Sutton and Rinna because of the uh, the Elton John uh, party that Sutton oh, said. Right, she right, right. So you're going to have those little things. So I think we might get a Sutton Rinna storyline. Um, and because even you saw with that L.A. Times article, um, Rinna commented on Sutton's thing of like, oh, it's your own Fox Force 5, you know, because she has that stupid, you know, group with the other ladies. And Sutton wrote underneath it, uh, I'm not a big fan of labels. And I'm like, hell yeah, Sutton. Like, because Rinna's trying to paint them as like, oh, you don't like the Fox Force 5? Well, what are you three doing? Like, she's trying. And in a way, I guess if you are a fan of like people that really try to create storylines and create drama, Rinna might be everything and more because I feel like she's con- like that night when Sutton said that on Watch What Happens Live about buying those tickets. Rinna, mm-hmm. Rinna was watching it live and started posting on Instagram stories immediately, like within a minute. She had already posted. I'm like, how wild is it that you're just watching things to hear your name? And then you're already I mean, like to me, that was the saddest part of it of like you are locked in like this is you are all about this. And so in a way, I could see where. The few fans she has probably digs that. I just think it's like so bizarre and weird. So I think you're probably, probably going to get a Rena Sutton storyline. You'll have the Garcelle stuff. I believe at the end of next season, you will see her reach out to Denise because I think mm. a lot of people, I think she is starting to hear that like more and more of like, even on the watch what happens live poll the other night, it said 75% of people said she does owe Denise an apology. And Rena and the season finale said, Oh, well, I don't hold grudges. And I'm like, girl, well, Denise definitely deserves to hold a grudge. You know, like, right. like Rena was acting like something was done to her. And I'm like, girl, you inserted yourself into a storyline that did not have anything to do with you. And you made yourself the third person in a two way story. Yeah, and she does this thing. She's almost like the human um, embodiment of a dirty delete where she'll put something in IG <laughs> stories because she knows that it's going to get attention, yeah, yeah. some like bullshit, whatever, and then she deletes it however minutes later or an hour later, and she knows she's gotten everyone's attention, but she's removed the footprints. And that is kind of what her personality has become. And even in her sassy 
um, reply to this LA Times piece, which was a great and overwhelmingly positive profile of the relationship between Sutton Garcelle and Crystal as like the new generation of housewives on BH. You know, she wrote that shitty comment of like, oh, you're almost like the Fox Force five, except there are three to say that you're still in this circle of friends in the minority because your numbers aren't as large as ours, even though they've lost a member. And Sutton did that response of like, you know, um, I don't like labels or whatever the response was. And then several hours later, like literally five hours later, Rinna left a new comment that was like, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. such a great team with like three hearts because it's like you're, we're pretending that you're, you're, you're pretending that you made that initial comment to be jokey and funny and sassy, but you're still going to support. And it's like six hours have gone by. So you are fucking with us like that's that's literally what you're doing you were trying to make fun of this person but also walking the line of saying you're doing it with a wink and i don't so, actually think there is it's an aggressive wink i'm so curious who her real friends are like does she have a tight close friend circle like we we've never really seen any of lisa rinna's friends on the it's show good, right like it's a really good i mean that is and, I, and it's part of me that's like of course i know she's obsessed with mr hamlin and who wouldn't be but like right. you know we really don't see a friend group and I believe, or sometimes she comes off as somebody that is one of those Hollywood people that, like, she knew Garcelle, she knew Denise, she has all of these Hollywood acquaintances, but you're never really close to a lot of people in Hollywood. I just don't know if she has that base there because she seems like she doesn't really... She said this season something of, like, well, I might not be your friend anymore. I'm like, girl, you are still under the assumption your friendship means shit. Like, your definition Mm. of a friend is not my definition of a friend. Like, you know, like, I don't think it would be your definition either. You really make no bones about throwing friends under the bus right and left, so I don't know how much valuation you're putting on your friendship when we've seen time and time again. In fact, I'm almost kind of, I mean, Lisa might be scared because she usually picks one new person to go Mm -hmm. after each season. And this season it was Garcelle. Who's it going to be next season? Each season she's picked somebody, whether it be, you know, Kim, whether it be Dorit, whether it be, you know, it's, it's really run the gamut. I mean, that's such a good point. And for Rinna and for the women on, I guess you could argue, I guess any franchise, but really specifically Beverly Hills, the valuation of currency is always quote unquote friendship. And yet you look at the people (laughs) that they are telling us they're so concerned uh, about, you know, the, the future of their friendship with Erica Jane, for example. And it's, I mean, Rinna, nobody really says that because they don't, they don't need to, there's no current positioning of the storyline in that way. But these women are falling on top of each other all over each other in order to prove their friendship to Erica and I'm thinking like okay I get that the currency is friendship but why is the valuation of Erica Jane so high and Sutton so low and it seems very consistent to them with the exception really through the season of Garcelle these women are putting Erica at like the absolute highest level while she continues to just well, listen, I don't say and do things that don't make sense in that context. I don't think these ladies always make the best decisions. In fact, I think a lot of them are still fr- uh, friends with Freddie Mellencamp. The um, oh, Freddie, Freddie Mellencamp. uh, Freddie's about, yeah, Ted, it's, Teddy, it's John Mellencamp. Yeah. Oh, Teddy. Okay. Teddy. Yes. Teddy. Teddy. Mm-hmm. She was yeah, on a, I know. she it's was on a, a season it's or two a uh, at some point, but they're still friends with her. So I don't think like, 
I mean, that's fine. You have like these years of filming together, but at the same time, you're not f filming the Godfather trilogy. You know, you're like, but it's like, if that makes you feel good, great. But the Sutton thing, Sutton even calls it out. She said the most simple thing in her talking head of like, I don't see, I'll say, I'll say, I don't see why these ladies, uh, you know, like, why am I always the one trying to apologize to this lady? And what do these other ladies see in her? And I thought that was just such a very simple way of like, it, it befuddles the audience too. Like we're asking the same question as Sutton is that she's now put in the role of every man. Cause I'm like, what is it at this point? Because Erica Jane and all the seasons we've seen her, there's never been a moment. I mean, for me, I, I, I was thinking about this. There's never been a moment where I was like, damn, Erica Jane's got a heart of gold. Wow. Like there's yeah. a lot of rich around it, but man, what a heart of gold. The happiest and sweetest I've ever seen her is when she went on Broadway because she was celebrating her. Like, you know, like, mm. thank you for coming and seeing me. Thank you for getting a private plane to see me. Look at this. And and by the way, being on Broadway, you can really tell was the pinnacle of, yeah. you know, being with this man for so long. It was such a great accomplishment for where she started at. But I've never looked at Erica Jane, at least on the TV show. I don't know her in her personal life. But it never struck me as like, there's an amazing, amazing person under there. You know, like there's it just never struck me like that. Yeah. And with Teddy, I mean, listen, for everything Who? that people stop, <laughs> for everything that people in the audience say about Teddy, the reality is that they are genuinely good friends with Teddy. And by they, I don't know about Rinna, but certainly um, Kyle and Dorit are very good friends with Teddy IRL. And with Erica, I don't necessarily see these people like going out, shooting the shit, kikiing. So you have, you know, show friendships and IRL friendships, and sometimes there's crossover, but it really doesn't make sense in that context, especially when you find out that this person you're riding so hard for, for whatever reason, has been misrepresenting the truth I mean like Erica flipping out on Sutton and I guess the idea that someone is saying that she's not telling us everything she literally said something along the lines of like Tom's accident will always be the truth it will never change and then literally in that <laughs> same sentence she changes the presentation of truth and the story itself. Like, how does this... Well, and not even that, Sarah. How does it make sense? She even, like, she goes, my stories never change, Tom. And then she starts stuttering. She goes, Tom, uh, uh my son was there. I know that much. And, like, like she literally even stumbles over right. her words. Like, yeah, it's very She awkward. goes, my story has never changed. I've always stuck to it. And then she starts stumbling to the point where she brought the son in. And that's the thing with Erica is that she does speak so passionately and... Um, what you expect to be truthfully because you're like, that's how you speak when you're really passionate. But then it, it almost gaslights the audience because I was like, oh my God, I don't remember her saying that her son was there at that one. I remember her son being snowing in Pasadena, but I don't remember that first one. And then thankfully Kyle was like, wait, I never knew about the son. And I was like, oh, good. I knew it. I knew because I, I thought maybe the, the editors cut it out or something. So I was right. like, I was like, oh, but she, you can't have this magnitude and serious of a story and leave out details like that because we were still confused of 
how do you know somebody's unconscious for 12 hours first off? Like, that's a very specific time frame. And then we were like, you went and found him. You thought he was with his side hose. And then it turned out the car crashed, but he had gotten out of the car. And then he fell. And then 12 hours. But then he called you with a broken clavicle and a smashed ankle and a brain injury. But he still called you. You guys didn't know where he was. And now the new information is that your son came all the way from where it snows to your place and you you guys were shining your flashlights around a rich Pasadena neighborhood and finally stumbled in the ravine area which by the way if that if Tom even like I mean did we even clarify why he would even like is that a normal place for that house to be driving through because you would think Mm -hmm. that would be if it was you'd think that'd be one of the first places and if it's not why is Tom even driving near the ravine to begin with like so I, I don't uh, there were so many questions and there still is, but I think Erica thinks I can sell this. I can sell the story. And I know, I know everybody's like, did she know or didn't she know? But I do think there are multiple lies uh, happening and I don't necessarily mean, well, that means she knew every bit about the financial stuff, but I think there is definite lies in terms of painting a story to try to get sympathy or to try to show, um, you know, Tom's mental decline, the cheating, all of this stuff. Um, I don't know. My, my thing is, though, and I think it's going to be hard to is that as more information comes out with the law firm, Girardi Keys, it was obvious that stuff was going down. It was obvious that clients weren't getting paid. And it was obvious before the time, before the date that Erica left. So right. even in any kind of reality, and especially like we know that she got served or tried to get served two times to testify in one of these cases before mm-hmm. that leave date. So the thing that confuses me is that either she knew or she didn't know. But if she didn't know, she left Tom at his time of need because she's the only one that really witnessed this mental decline. And she three episodes ago yelled at his family for not being there for this man who has done so much for everybody. So she's one of those people that left him in his time of need. Like, girl, you are his family. You're complaining about his family. You were his family. You lived in the same house. His family didn't. You did. So if you knew about all of this, I could see you leaving. Like, I got to get out of here and get far away from this mess. Or even maybe Tom told her. But if you didn't know... You left because he cheated 10 years ago. And by the way, I I mean, allegedly have knowledge that they knew like she knew about this 10 years ago. She knew about it when it happened. Like this isn't something she discovered this year. So I'm just trying to think of like if you do love a man, why leave at that moment when he does need you the most? A hundred percent. And also, you know, there's the question that it looks like Crystal raises at the reunion and Erica immediately shuts her down. But, you know, where is the anger for Tom and why does she feel like Sutton has betrayed her for reacting to Tom's ultimate betrayal, not just of his wife and his marriage, of his partners or whomever at his law firm, but of actual literal victims themselves. And yet we're all pissed because Sutton listened to you when you told her repeatedly you didn't want to say things and Kyle did not like we are supposed to believe that Sutton is in the wrong so vehemently and it's such a distorted narrative yet because Erica and Rena are gleefully happy to participate in this and to another extent Kyle and also Dorit probably to the least but still participating it has us on this insane merry-go-round where we're pretending that 
we're participating in a narrative where everyone has decided that Sutton is wrong and betrayed her friend. And yeah. it's like, but what did Tom Well, do? I mean, but like, we're allowed, like, like uh, if, you know, if Lisa was saying she was friends with Denise last season, she asked all of these questions. You're allowed to ask questions with friends. And as Rob Minkoff says, you know, mm-hmm. at his Chinese New Year speech is that, you know, friends do mean the most. It's just that friends... You know, it's, you know, friends stay around when bad things happen. It's not like friends will like, you know, back you 100 percent, but they'll stay around. They'll be around. That's what Kyle said of like, you know, it doesn't mean, uh, you know, I'll always be here for Erica, but it doesn't mean I don't question Erica. It doesn't mean I don't, you know, and my my friend, my my good friends are always the ones that have like called me out when I've done something. Mm -hmm. And like and I remember being like, you know, there's been times when it stings. But at the end of the day, you're like. Man, that person actually really likes me. Like they really care to actually take the time to tell me um, that I'm fat. Stop. <laughs> no, no, oh my god! No, no, you know. <laughs> I totally hear what you're saying. I mean, I think that you know, with Erica, obviously, no one really, but people in her inner circle, which is frankly TVD, have a true understanding of the amount of stress and pressure that she is under just by the nature of the situation that she's in and ultimately she has and I'm not trying to be a dick about this but like ultimately she does have a little bit of herself to blame for that like I'm not you know it's not like a blame the victim mentality but there is the idea of it's going to become apparent that this was something he had been doing for a while and yet you were still accepting large sums of money and like we can have that conversation but you decided to perform wealth and now it turns out that that wealth was stolen there is a level of responsibility that you need to take for that regardless of whether or not it's under like a legal umbrella but there is also the idea that yes she's she I do think she has the right to act out no one should be considered perfect on this scale it is as she herself said you know like i'm damned if i do i i'm damned if i don't that doesn't mean which is just such an easy way it's such an easy way to get out of it oh i I guess i'm just always gonna be wrong like that's the easiest defense on anything of like it just it resolves the person saying of any kind of personal responsibility i a thousand percent agree and also just because you are under this stress does not give you a permission slip to harm people for attempting to ensure that they themselves are not damaged from what are your husband's crimes Sutton is getting (laughs) more attention and more blame from everyone most especially Erica followed very shortly thereafter by Rinna who very apparently does not care at all what happened because she is she has such discriminating taste and has decided that Erica Jane is the only one who deserves our sympathy and support and that has to be at 107 percent or it's nothing at all and there's this anger towards Sutton stoked by these other women constantly referencing Sutton and not their own quotes. Well, and it's wild. But, but but what's what's cool about the this show is first off, I think this is one of the, <laughs> no no no, I think one I of the, one of the most it. amazing things about this show is that this season especially is that it's a virtual reality experience now because Ooh. we are in <gasps> we are in this show now. Like we are and wow. it, it really gives it so much more stakes and and a level where you're just like, I'm part of this, man. I am I am in. I am 
in because you you know it, it spills over into social media it spills over into the LA Times you re you know it really is an interactive mystery in it and uh, I always think that but also about Sutton I always have this theory is that you can lose uh, the scene you're in but you can win the show overall. So what I mean by that is Sutton can get like at this dinner at Kathy's get annihilated and nobody can like, mm-hmm. oh, what? Oh, what? I'm going to sue you. you like, or just really put her through the paces. And she lost that night. It must have made her feel like hell. But she won overall because the fan base saw what was actually happening and went, holy crap. Thank you for actually being the only one to raise any kind of question about what's going on. Like, so you can lose being in the scene. Like you can walk away. I'm sure if you're one of those ladies feeling horrible, but overall Mm -hmm. Sutton has won. Like Sutton has won in so many ways, because if you had stopped the the episode or the season at those first couple episodes with her dealing with Mm -hmm. Crystal and Crystal being like, Please tell me you're not the the girl that doesn't see race. Please tell that me that girl. that's not you. Yeah. I mean, it really was a bad, bad look for Sutton. And if we, you know, like we, and I remember even being very like, oh, God, Sutton. Oh, no. And I was very happy that, you know, like a lot of us is that I feel like she was given the opportunity to kind of grow. And we got to see her apology to Sutton, uh, I mean, to, to Crystal uh, on Instagram, whether you thought that was, you know, neither here nor there but like at least she did that but I was happy that we actually got to see a different color of Sutton later in the season you know is that you get to see both sides of someone because Sutton definitely is not perfect you know it's like you know we make Kathy Hilton like this superhero messiah kind of energy (laughs) and we know Kathy Hilton's done wrong but the same with Sutton like everybody's like praising Sutton but also we know Sutton is not perfect I don't think Sutton would ever think of her call herself perfect I was just very amazed at under intense pressure and scrutiny she was able to still speak her mind and stand up for basically uh, what she was reading and hearing and just raise a, a couple of points that no none of the other ladies were doing. Yeah, and I can't imagine how difficult it is to be someone who's, I, not to diagnose her, but she's talked a little bit about like having I don't mean it in a medical sense, but like some form of like social anxiety where she feels a little bit uncomfortable and oh, yeah, stressed yeah, yeah, in yeah, yeah, yeah. situations. And to have someone like that who um, handles stress in a way that feels almost like um, not counterproductive, but uh, that's not the right use of the word or, or that's not the right phrase to say. But for someone who sometimes... Um, melts implodes a little bit she sometimes implodes just under the stress that she herself feels in her being regardless of what anyone else is saying for her to still maintain basic boundaries when erica is screaming at her and all of the other women are choosing to be dead ass silent is incredibly strong and brave and powerful and she deserves Nobody is perfect. She has fucked up. She has, and she has learned and grown from that. Sutton is, I think, a better person now than she was when she joined the show, which is incredibly rare. She's also only on her second season, first season full time. So, like, let's talk again in five to seven. But for now, I mean, it's well. The great, the great thing about Sutton is, you're right. We're on second season. Three seasons from now, she might turn into Rinna. You know, like, she Mm -hmm. might, like, you never know what also the show does to somebody. The ego can get inflated. And the thing with Sutton I really like to go back and look at is, here is somebody that did marry her high school sweetheart. 
They were high school. They they did build something together. Mm-hmm. She she wasn't out there dating other people. She wasn't out there. Mm-hmm. This was her high school sweetheart, and they built something together. And so the loss of that, the divorce of that, you know, I went through a divorce, and it really does profoundly change somebody. It really does. And so if you look at all, and I know especially with your show and what you like to do is kind of look at the motivations and the character development. What a, you know, if you think about how much it takes, and we know, like, she's disgustingly wealthy. She spends a lot on, like, you know, couture <laughs> and all that stuff but at the same time Cody you know Cody tour and uh uh (laughs) but if you look at that like what she's had to go through like the loss of like a high school love and I mean I think about it in terms of that of being able to like pick up start a new life and you're like well I'd love to start a new life with millions of dollars of course we all would but still that emotional damage is there you know I'm sure she had to learn how to be her own person in so many ways away from her husband and create her own name and for me that's like I I do like to think about that just like Erica Jane's journey of being a girl at Shakers and being a cocktail or like a the the hostess at the restaurant that Tom came in where they met I mean that's a journey all of these ladies I mean even Kyle and Mauricio remember you know Kyle and Mauricio started Mm. this it's like even Kyle pointed out this season that, you know, she she her and Mo kind of did their own thing. Like they started their own thing, you know, like and and now you get to really see the payoff of that. Like mm-hmm. it's like they remember when she first came on the show, Mo wasn't didn't have the agency, which, by the way, shout out to Mo for being high in every scene this season. Like when he <laughs> when he hit the when when he hit the drums at the Chinese New Year, I was like, oh, my this guy, God. this guy just loves life. He is high through the entire season. He's living his best life. And we and all we, we all love him for it. You know, for it. It's mm-hmm. it's just amazing, but um, I don't know. It is fascinating with all these ladies because they do have a story about you know what got them to this place, and I don't know for so, the some reason I just really kind of related to Sutton's story in particular because I imagine and you saw that on the boat with Kathy and Del Mar is that her breaking down a little bit with Kathy of like I know I come off strong, but this stuff really messes with me because. I mean, that's me. I'll sit there and worry about like five words I said to a friend and like how if it was mistake, mistook or something like that. And you could tell how much pressure this had put on her when she started crying to Kathy. And she was just so relieved that Erica Jane was talking to her again. And then to then go to this final episode and Erica Jane's like, I got nothing to say to you. And it's like, Mm -hmm. girl, do you not remember the Del? I mean, like it was even bizarre. I mean, and and I think Sutton deep down knew that it was going to go back to that for some reason. Like, I don't know. So it, it's I, I don't I can't hats off to this season. The fact that we can continue to, like, m- make a mountain out of these moments is like just like hats off to everybody in this season, you know? Also, completely agree. Totally unrelated, though. Sutton is the only divorced housewife on bh right so far yeah yeah. who has filed but nothing has been yeah they're still married by the way they're i mean tom and erica are still married a lot of people forget that i don't know that they can get i mean like they ultimately can definitely get divorced but i don't know how that would work because how do you settle there's so much legally that's happening how could you even come to a play and especially if he's dealing with whatever cognitive dysfunction is taking Taking place. I thought you I were mean, like I on. I thought you were like on what grounds? I was like, well, she could cheat on him and maybe hurt his feelings, <laughs> and she's like, I want a divorce, you know. I mean, it is a wild thing too, though, when you talk about like the journey of being divorced. And Sutton is the only you would think. Well, Sutton, they did have this moment at the beginning of the season where Sutton's like, as we now understand in a cut scene, you know, like I didn't have any money, and my attorney or whomever, which she talks about in the LA Times yeah. piece. 
Uh, and P.S. Guys, this is a, a new piece, not obviously not the original. This is a new piece that came out this week. But um, that Sutton, you know, talks about what she missed when she was getting divorced, what she needed, the kind of support that she needed. And she tried to show that, to display that to Erica as a way of also one could argue as like a way of doing that for herself. Yeah. You know, it's like the idea that charity, not like charity begets charity, but there's the idea that like the people who often feel the most reward from doing any kind of charitable, a never mitzvah, whatever, are the people who are actively making those choices. You feel better as a result. And to see that turned against her is fascinating because she was the most generous of anybody in that group i don't know that anybody else was like let me write you a check you know oh, i mean but remember at the beginning of the season she was taking erica jane to spa days she was yeah. taking it you know and like but that's the thing like erica jane expected all like all the other ladies to like to follow whatever she said you know like do not question what i said just listen and sutton was the only one that didn't so I'm sure Erica was like, fuck, I have to not get free spa days anymore, but I got to really show the other ladies I'm cracking the whip if you go against me at all. And I mean, at the end of the day, though, it's like the emperor has no clothes. Like, why are we Mm. supposed to be scared of Erica Jane? Like, why? I mean, that is the funny thing. I was I was uh, talking about on the podcast the other day of like, did you ever have a friendship where when you were in the friendship where you were so enamored of the person that you would go mm. to war for that person like anything and and you didn't realize why they always had conflict with so many people and you're like wow everybody really is against this person and then you get out of that 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 relationship and then realize holy shit no wonder it's it's turns out it's them you know like it's like they had all these problems because it, it's that person and it's like you just can't see the forest from the trees when you're in it because you think it, it's weird. It's just your brain. It, it, your brain isn't thinking correctly. And I, I would l- wonder if some of these ladies can get away from uh, her a little bit. They would kind of see the reality of the situation because what does she have to offer at this point? Like it's like before it was like, oh, Eric Jane money and all that stuff. And yeah, we feel bad that she's can't afford her lifestyle. But mm-hmm. I'm guessing, like, maybe this show just doesn't show how amazing of a friend Erica Jane is. They also bring up that, like, Erica Jane went to all of their events. She's like, oh, you'd always come and support. I'm like, of course she would. She was trying to impress all of you. Erica Jane has bigger imposter syndrome than any of us. Remember, she paid pretty much to get where she's at. Even if you like her music or performing, whatever, she still bought it. She still bought it. Of course she's going to show up. She's going to show that she belongs there. That's imposter syndrome, and she fully has it, you know? Well, and it's also the idea of like, well, Erica was really nice to me or we worked together and she was lovely or something, whatever that argument is. And many people have said it. Of course, she was nice. She was living a very nice life. You you know, it would be stranger to me if it was like, which also people, a lot of people have also said that she was very cold and she was kind of a dick. And it's like, well, you know what? She had fame, a ton of fucking cash and people at her beck and call. So if I had all of that handed to me, it doesn't mean that my life is easy, but it does mean it's probably easier for me to be nice because the stress that so many other people are experiencing, she doesn't have to deal with. So to say that she was cool before, so I'm going to put up with her being a dick now, I don't, 
I don't like entirely I, get it. I accidentally got to fly first class on a, a plane trip one time, <gasps> oh, and I, I had never. And it was everything. so. Yes. And guess guess what? I was I was saying hi to everybody. I was like, "Hello, <laughs> sir. Hi. What a what a day, huh? Like you know. I was like, "Give me everything. Yeah, I'll take. I want to taste all of it. You know. And like I was mm-hmm. waving to people. I said, "Good flight, Captain." Like I was so happy and thrilled, and it didn't take any away of my actual problems. But for that couple hours, I was like. I'm king of the world. This feels pretty. If I could just have this on an everyday basis, I could really Mm. move some mountains, you know? Yeah. So the idea that like she was a great friend, she was supportive, aside from even the transaction of it, there is the idea that why? I mean, like, why wouldn't she be, you know, there is it's an odd conflict. It's not quite a hypocrisy but I think that there's an explanation here and there's a quote that I think I've referenced on AG a couple times but I think about it when I think of Erica and it's probably not fair but you know such is life um where Michelle Obama talks about has uh, there's this quote that I'm gonna fuck up of Michelle talking about the presidency and she says the presidency doesn't change a person it reveals them and I do think that there are things that happen when you're under stress where you can be a real twat you can be a piece of shit and people can forgive you for that because of the amount of stress that you're under. Absolutely. She should not she should not be expected to be behaving in a manner that someone who isn't experiencing this should be. I think that's unrealistic and it's actually, I think, unfair. That being said, if you are for a period of months isolating, mocking, going out of your way to be cruel to someone who is absolutely not worthy of it and withholding, also trying to characterize this monster you were married to as this like nice fucking guy. Yeah, which, which one is it's like something not, is up. Not playing smart and stupid at the same time. It's like which one yeah. was he? Was he this cheating lying bastard, or was he the one in the last couple episodes where you are like he's done so much for everybody? Why can't they help? Somebody needs to stand up and help him. Which is it? Which is it? Like, and I know we're all complicated creatures as humans, but really sounds like you're defending Tom. It really sounds like you've. Um, made it in your head where you've rationalized his behavior in some way, you know? Yeah, and what you were saying before about toxic friendships, I I have never been in a a marriage or gone through a divorce. Yet. Um, Yet, thank you. There's nothing like your first. Um, Or top three, whatever comes. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, there's the idea that you can be in a difficult situation and feel like because you said these things in front of family, friends, and maybe God herself. Oh. But you've said, you know, like you've said that it's till death do you part. Oh. So this is what you have to do. And it can feel worse. I, this is not fair to me. I'm not going to yeah. do like a Sonia Dorinda divorce is worse than worse than death. But there it can be especially challenging when you're going through a toxic friendship, because while you haven't said those vows, there is sort of an understanding that friendship means always supporting the other person. And it, it is a feeling of incredible toxicity when you realize that you are allowing yourself to participate in an incredibly unhealthy, potentially abusive relationship with someone who is challenging your standard of friendship and care and affection, exactly what you're saying with friends prior. And I think that there is an element of that with Erica and and there's an element of that with what Rinna is doing there's an element of that with how the other women are responding to Sutton and and the extra tension because you have to film with these people so you don't get to walk away it's very well, complicated Sarah the worst 
I mean, it, uh, you just, I've talked about the, the, what you said is so dead on, like, in terms of like you marriage into toxic friendship, but like the, mm. the vow part of it, like that was like something I still had to work in therapy was that that was the thing that I couldn't get over in my head is that we stood up there in front of all our friends and family mm. and said, till death do us part, we'll be together forever. And then in my head, and I still get sometimes flashback of just like, who's going to ever take me serious again? Who's going to ever, I stood really? up there and said till death, I said forever, blah, blah, blah. And it, I didn't do that. It didn't happen. And to me, that was like, I had a really, it really worried me. It really of like, well, now I'm just a joke. Like, I mean, this is like, I, th I'm a joke like this. And you're like, well, of course there's context and there's tons of reasons why it wasn't just like, mm -hmm. sorry, not feeling it. Like there's all of these reasons why, but that was the thing that haunted me the most where you'd wake up in the middle of the night thinking about it of just like, whoa, like how do I ever do I ever am I going to ever get married again like do I and then you had these kind of imaginations of going up at the altar and being like if you got married again at the altar going like oh I remember this like what do you think in that moment do you think again that this is forever or do you realize that like well life is crazy and that you know like I don't it, I don't know I, I sorry to be up but just what you said was exactly what I used to think you know how is your perception of marriage of those vows of that kind of commitment and the reality lurking underneath how has that potentially been affected or changed by watching some of these toxic relationships oh, play that, out i mean that's what i mean you know we're so used to drama we're so used to i mean like mm -hmm. uh, we we talked about this the other night i think about you know did tom and erica ever like binge squid game like were they ever like let's <laughs> let's stay in for all nine episodes hun you know like you know the relationships that we're used to where you know it's like growing together and you know, I, I think the 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 reality of the situations we see, I mean, Real Housewives in New York, none of them are married anymore. They're out hitting the town all the night trying to like Ramona's trying to, you know, get those notches on the belt. Like it really does change things in a way because there's very few relationships in the housewives that I really look up to. Like there's elements of Mo and Kyle that I look up to. Mm -hmm. I actually really did enjoy Crystal and Rob's relationship. Uh, yeah. I, I'd be curious about more of their relationship. Mm -hmm. um, so there are things that I look up to, but you realize the fallacy of you know, we always have this idea of like movie love, romantic comedy love, and then the reality of these situations never really hit uh, any of the things that we were raised on in terms of pop culture. But I think with Housewives, it shows a little bit like where you're like, ah, oh, I wish I hope my relationship's a little bit warmer, you know, like, you, you know, we're like a little bit buddy buddy, like you want to be able to be like walk into a room and you guys would be able to like if your partners on the other side of the room, you'd be able to look at them and you could tell what each other were thinking, you know, like you want to be locked in. And then sometimes with housewives relationships, it never feels like they're, um, you know, it just feels like a, a what I assume to be a richer person's relationship where they don't get to spend a lot of time together. Uh, they really do like each other and enjoy their company, but it's also not uh, unheard of if five years down the line, they're not together anymore, you know? But even like yeah. Mario and Ramona split up, even like all these big relationships, yeah. you know, that I, I don't know. So it's it's obviously, I think relationships are the hardest thing. Um, and they they continue to be a mystery to me even after I had been married for so long. You know, like now it's even a bigger mystery to me than it was in my 20s, you know? How long were you married? Is that super inappropriate? No, it's fine. It's like, I mean, it, it was a long time. It was uh, almost 10 years. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. That you were married? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yeah. 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 yeah.
10 yeah. human years. No, okay. No, do- I was doing dog year. I'm so sorry. Yeah. No, just a year and a half uh, regular okay, years. Great. No, six, no six yeah, hours, it, was ten, it, was ten, it was 10 years. I mean, and there was I mean, a definitive wow. reason why it broke up. It wasn't just like, well, yeah, we've yeah, run its true. course and, you know. And wow. and there were signs that it should have not gone that long to begin with, but um, yeah, it was a long time. So you, I mean, I, I, that just shows you where my head is. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I had to, and it's been three years now since that. So that's not that long. Wow, I'm really it's making a, well. This so I know. Much I was like, well, I mean, that it's three so years long. is not that long. Well, Sarah, it's a long. I mean, it it feels like a long time. I mean, I've done. A, I'm still recovering from like two dates six years ago. I've Are done you a lot of. I've done a lot of work on myself. No, believe me, I'm. I, mean, I listen, Sarah. I watch reality shows now for a living. That's pretty. It shows that I'm not doing great. You know, like, but it's it's like. <laughs> what? Um, no, I mean, I'm saying, but you know, if you were to talk to me five years ago, this is definitely not where I would think I would be. You know, like there is no. Where I'm at now is not any, there's not one part of my life right now that I could have predicted five years ago. Like that, I mean, just like not one, not one part. And that's wild. I think I'm still, you know, I still have the same sense of humor. I've always loved these shows. I mean, this is the one constant I have is my love of these shows, but everything else has completely changed, you know? I am shaken about the fact that you were married for 10 years. Well, somebody said, my therapist said, well, it shows uh, it shows that you can commit. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is how you were able to expand the show to five episodes a week. Hey, You're man. like, this is no, nothing. I, I mean, the podcast is my 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 true love, you know, so I oh but it is it is one of those God. things. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it was very haunting like you. I mean when that when it first happened like you're just on adrenaline like i remember like i'm finally starting to actually sleep you know like there like i remember just being like for a year and a half just exhausted like i wouldn't sleep i would be working i would just be going from thing to thing and it was like you were just running on empty and you couldn't stop running like you were just like gotta go gotta go gotta go because when you stop you would have to think about everything and you said like as much as i could do as much as i could be out and thank god this didn't happen like during COVID or something like that because being able to have that much time to myself uh but yeah like so my idea of a relationship is very different than any of these ladies and that's why i think maybe i have a little bit of a harsher um opinion on stuff like erica jane and tom you know is that i'm like okay well like i just have a little bit of a harsher opinion on things because i'm like well you know i think there's we talked about this the other night too it was like who's to say if she really loved him and of course if somebody takes care of you that endears uh her to him maybe a little bit more people but at the same time in my mind if you don't marry for true love if you're marrying even like it's be, it's really nice to be taken care of then i think sometimes you're gambling and you're gonna have to uh accept that sometimes like the house always wins and you're gonna have to like you you reached your dream but now you're gonna have to pay for it just like lisa renna said to garcelle being a snot in this last episode of like be careful what you wish for you just might get it she said that to garcelle when garcelle said how busy she was and i think the same thing of erica jane of like this is what she wished for be careful because look how you got this you got this with money from Tom Girardi, paying to get on Billboard magazine, paying to get in those nightclubs, paying all of this stuff. And it worked. But now you have to face the other side of it, you know? I mean, the only adjustment that me, single Sally, would make is 
I would say, you know, be careful what you wish for because you could lose it. I don't know that it's that you can get it. We had a lot. You guys have to listen to the episode of Ryan's pod that we did that came out on Thursday, Thursday, that came out yeah, on Thursday, Thursday yeah, yeah. because we had a long conversation about this and the idea. I didn't know he had been married for a decade. Maybe well, I mean, now, my, see, please. Now it's like now I'm starting to get really. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't be. I'm just like, that's very impressive. It's also very impressive. It, that's genuinely yeah. like very impressive. But the idea that like, well, you know, not that she asked for it, but, you know, her expectations, what could they have been because she married a, a man with a lot of money? And my response to that was like everyone's definition of security and love is different. Like someone can make the decision to, you know, be a partner to this person and attempt to position themselves in such a way as to fit that other spouse's idea of what said partner should be. I mean, they're everyone, hopefully, hopefully, I don't know the <laughs> phrase, but is making sacrifices in order to form what we will call a partnership. But I think marriage is probably more realistic. Yeah. And Erica did things that many people have and would do, which is valuing security in the form of financial security as a single parent, as as someone who who had a life that was relatively unstable financially and otherwise. And she made the decision that she sought met this charming charismatic guy when she was a hostess at a restaurant and he was a frequent customer and they got married and he was significantly older and she decided that this was the man that she wanted to be with and whatever you know uh agreements about fidelity or anything else they and I'm going to be generous here I don't think it was actually a, a partner decision but they kind of maneuvered together it was it was the kind of relationship that she wanted to have because she agreed to have it and and one person's understanding of marriage and what that means can be entirely different from another's and I think everyone has the right to make that determination the problem is when the power imbalance which you're agreeing to participate in is so out of whack that it's really one other person in that dynamic who constantly has to put in the work or lower themselves or whatever it is to make this thing last. That's when I would think faults start to, you know, crack at the foundation. But also I have truly no fucking idea. Yeah. You I know? mean, you know, but I do find it interesting in the fact that like, you know, remember Erica campaigned to be on this show. Tom yeah. got Erica on this show through David Foster, who was then married to Yolanda Hadid. You know, like there, there is this. Did I know that? I don't, I don't know, know but yeah, that. that's how, that's how this happened. Like oh. I'm saying, all roads uh, lead usually to oh, right. David yeah, yeah, Foster. Yeah, right, 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 yeah, but yeah, but yeah. but that's what I mean. Like Erica wanted to be on this show. She wanted, but like even Tom, there's obviously an aspect to Tom who was a showman. You know, like if you even watch some of the unaired footage that they released from like Extra or like E or something of like the house tour, and Tom oh, was God. a part of the house tour and watching them try to interact as a couple and all that. And you could tell they both crave this attention, crave the camera. Mm -hmm. And I think that's always potentially a bad sign for relationships, unless you're Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn, you know, mm -hmm. is it like the fact that you want to be like, Hey, come look at my house. You know, like this is my, you know, and Erica's like, this is my prayer room, you know, like, <laughs> and then you're just like, Oh man, this is so bizarre. Um, and when you get used to that kind of lifestyle and get used to that kind of attention, I just wonder sometimes how real is real. Like, you know, what is real to them? Because it seemed like so much of their life was pursuing 
um, a bigger spotlight, you know, or yeah. glad handing. Like we know, like Tom donated so much money to like police other, like, I mean, he really was a giant in so many communities. Mm-hmm. And uh, we also know he was married many times. So Tom was very much used to, I'm sure relationships dissolving and, and, and things like that. And Erica was married before too. And I would be curious to really talk to her ex and, and see what their relationship was, uh, was like, you know? Yeah. And I, I think I asked you this on your episode and it's a question that I posed to AGs on Instagram. Cause I'm going to hopefully cover it for, um, a Patreon shortly. But the question of if you could ask one question at the reunion, what would it be? And within the context of a segment having to do with Erica and Tom's relationship and marriage, because that's what we're talking about now, is there a question that you would ask her, like a genuine question that you would ask her that could either illuminate a perspective or solidify your thinking? Well, I I am now a little bit more curious about in her head you know, we heard her say this a couple of times of like, there will be a day, it'll be a sweet day where this is all <laughs> over and I'll remember who stood with me and who was against right. me. But I do, I do wonder in her head, I think she has an, uh, um, in her head, what's the plan now? I believe in her head she has mm-hmm. something in mind about in a redemption arc. Like I do believe that this season we will see Erica Jane uh do her first performance again as Erica Jane. I have a feeling Mm. she might try to pull a redemption arc season where it'll end with her first performance at the Abbey or something huge like that. So in her head now, in if everything goes the way she wants it to go, where do you see your life headed? You know, like in all honesty, not like, well, there's so many problems you never like, but where I think she has a thought in her head of like, if all goes well, if all goes according to what I think it possibly could, how does she see the rest of her days at this point? Like where, what are the goals at this point? Because you obviously have to course correct from being on Chicago, you know, the Broadway thing. So what is the plan now? She has agents, lawyers, managers, what are they all telling you? I, I really do want to know what the career path is for Erica Jane at this point. We're going to find out all the other stuff and financial stuff over the next couple of years anyways, and it will be over the next couple of years. This will not be solved right. by the end of the reunion, but I'm curious of what her, because, you know, we definitely see she's not giving up. Like, that's her big thing of like, I'm not giving up. Like, that's her big thing. So. Okay, you said that, but obviously you have a plan. You have all of these people around you. What's the plan? That's such an interesting question. Ryan Bailey, that's such an interesting question. Well, I was married for almost 10 years, and I think (laughs) when somebody does the things you think about, you know... (laughs) <laughs> oh my god listen i could talk to you about this forever we i mean, we, I mean this is insane Potomac. this is we so didn't fa- talk about uh, salt lake city but we did on your show so yeah. i highly encourage By everyone way, to listen yeah, to your please. episode yeah, I, I was told the other day i know a couple people reached out to say this it was one of my better episodes <laughs> <laughs> that's such a my listeners my, lis- my listeners don't expect much they don't expect much so when i when i have a really good guest it's like no they no people did reach out to say what a great episode it was which is always nice and every time i talk to you it's always like oh, okay this is so easy like we could keep going we you know like it's it just the conversation flows. That's what I'm saying. Conversation flows. Yeah. That's chemistry for days. And we haven't talked about SLC or Potomac, but that is why people all need to, people all need to, words are 
fascinating to me. You'll get there. Um, it's it's only been one day, it's only been two hundred and fifty seven episodes. Two fifty seven is going to be the one. <laughs> um, but I highly encourage people to listen to that up because we deep dive on Candace and Jen Shaw and Stu. Oh, and and it, well, listen to that one on Thursday, and then listen to Tuesday's episode coming up because your friend Emily D Baker will be on. Yeah, and I talked to her yesterday, and so mm. much great information about the Erica Jane stuff, and the Britney stuff, and the Jen Shaw stuff, and yes. the Duggars. I mean, what a great conversation that was, and I think everybody, just like you, your the conversation had so much information and just really good. Like she had a whole different side of it, just with the law angle, you know. I love that she's incredible. Yeah, I'm like, truly. we're both team Emily D Baker. She's yeah. and she's the translator for all of us, and and uh, an incredible wealth of information. Um, listen, Ryan Bailey, where can the people go? Can you give us a little bit of an elevator pitch on your pod? Like what what you think the experience of okay, listening so like, is like? You're, you're like in a room. Okay, you pick up your phone <laughs> and you go to podcast. No, it's just so bad. It's good with Ryan Bailey. It's Five times a week. This week, past week, Woo! was four because I was traveling. Uh, but yeah, oh. pick and choose. Go to the guests you like. I usually do like some pop culture roundups before the guest. Monday is a pop culture roundup. The whole episode. Fridays is Real Housewives of Beverly Hills solo recap. And when I talk about solo recap, we go through every moment. It's usually two plus hours. There's a lot of ridiculous voices done. And it's a lot of fun. It's really silly. Uh, but yeah, check it out. We had... We've had Lala Kent on recently. We've had, uh, you know, Micah Plath from Welcome to Plathville on TLC. We have a lot of really, really great guests coming up. Somebody from Salt Lake, somebody from uh, Potomac, I think. So there's always just these great um, guests. It's just, I don't know. I'm just throwing everything at it and seeing what sticks. And also go see Sarah's show if you're not seeing it already, October 17th. Thank you. Speaking of Sarah's show, you guys, Andy's Girls Live, the very first time this has ever happened, and maybe the last. We <laughs> shall see. Just kidding. Um, I had a, a little kiki the other night to formalize, like, we're doing some segments we've never done before. It's going to be a wild ride, and I would really love to have some AGs in attendance. Um, tickets are on sale now. It's Sunday, October 17th at Club Coming here in New York City. Show at 7, doors at 6.30. Um, when you enter you're gonna be able to like write some questions which we're gonna (laughs) answer throughout the show and i'll be joined by og of the ag damian bellino you can buy tickets at the link in show notes for this episode it's also andysgirls.eventbrite.com and if you're thinking about going you should go and it's guys 20 20 dollars advance 25 at the door yeah so you want to get advanced that five bucks you're going to be able to do so much with that five bucks. So I strongly do because also the day of the show, you know, a lot of people will probably be buying tickets. So make sure you get it in advance. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's just always the smart way to go. I totally agree with you. And you should buy tickets on tickets on tickets. And also as a fun little treat, DM me on Instagram at Dame Galley with a proof of purchase that you've bought a ticket. And I'll invite you to, you know, bring a friend as a guest as thanks. So the first person to DM me on Instagram at Dame Galley with a proof of purchase to AG Live first ever on October 17th. Uh, you're going to get to bring a guest my, on me. My friend uh, Heather, who's uh, a baddie who listens to the show, is also one of your Patreon subscribers. And she DM me of like, I'm going to Sarah's show. And I was like, oh, sweet. D- I said, DM her and get a, another ticket. Say you're from me and you get a yes. friend ticket. But she was like, no, I, um, she just said no. She's 
people have asked me, can I come to the show alone? And first off, my favorite thing to do in life is to go to literally everything alone. I was telling that to my friend. Yes, dinners, I love it. Movies when that was a thing. Theater when that was a thing. Live jazz. I'm tra- I travel pre-COVID, hopefully post-COVID. Travel all over the world. Do it solo. Just went to LA. Did it solo. My favorite thing in the world is to do things and love yourself by doing this as an individual because you also never know who you're going to meet. And so don't, if you are like, oh, none of my friends watch Bravo, great. Fuck your friends on this (laughs) night. You're going to meet new friends and you're going to drop those bitches from like October 16th past. Trust me, it's going to be a room filled with people who understand the language. So if you're wondering, is it okay if I go by myself 100%, I would do the same. Being able to laugh about Bravo in a communal, like that's what going to Luann's show, it's not not like Luann's like Elton John, but it was so fun because... (laughs) You're, you're getting to talk. I mean, people were like just talking over Luann singing because people were Love having that. such a good time. All Bravo like minded people. It was the best. And I have a feeling like that just these events and especially because BravoCon isn't happening. This is your BravoCon, you know, a hundred percent. So shout out to AG and Batty Heather, who is doing her thing and coming to the show and join Heather. Join me. Join OG <laughs> of the uh, AG, Damian Bellino, and meet some fellow AGs. It's going to be quite a night. Andysgirls.eventbrite.com. And also new Patreon episode up with Ryan Houlihan. 40 minutes where we did a psychological breakdown of the Richard sisters, especially uh. Kathy Hilton. And I gave him 60 seconds to just talk Erica Jane literally whatever he wanted to say he literally was like oh this is going to be very bad for you and I was like okay great <laughs> um it's a quite a have you read episode. that House of Hilton book that no. everybody talks about I it's Mm-mm. it's not in print anymore and I've been trying to find a copy if anybody has a copy please dm me about that because it's supposed to be this really good book House of Hilton about like the whole oh. Hilton family it was released like 10 years ago I think but it goes into everything. Is that the one where everything. it goes into detail about Kim, too? Like I, Kim I, and the murder I, and stuff? I believe so, yeah. Like, I believe it goes into all of that stuff. All right, well, um, loan it to me when you're done reading okay, it sweet. after somebody gives it to you. Uh, guys, patreon.com slash Scrolls, the number one way to support AG. You get exclusive bonus episodes and so much more. And if you join the premium tier, you can record a Patreon app with me. Woo! So, fun times. Uh, Ryan Bailey. Wait, do I have to pay? Am I, do I have to pay for this? Yeah, you have to okay. pay extra. I was like, did I do that? Okay. okay. You have to pay extra. It's I'm worth it. It is worth it. Yes. It's worth it. It's worth it. Uh, Ryan Bailey, thank you so much for coming. This was such a fun. Can we do this like frequently? I, yes. I love I, a pod with you. Always. I mean, this is like the easiest, uh, that it, uh, easiest that it can get is podcasting with you, you know? I mean, listen, I agree. I am also very easy. So there we go. <laughs> Guys, I hope you are all staying safe, staying sane, getting vaccinated if you can. And we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.